Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us to make us part of your life. We certainly hope and pray that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified. For more information about us, I would encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase. There you can find a statement of faith as well as links to our social media account. We are now on Facebook, and so if you would like to follow us there, that would be really nice. We have uh, LinkedIn. That's where most of our followers are at the moment. And then uh, if you would, yeah, follow us. Hit that like button on your podcast app, however you listen to us. And that way you can get notification when we release our weekly podcast. Please tell your friends and family about us if you're encouraged. Uh, perhaps others also would be encouraged. We have a worldwide audience, and it continues to grow every week, and we praise and thank God for that. Today we're going to try to answer some more questions that did come in through our webpage, and you can also submit uh, your questions there through the contact page, and we will do our best to answer a Bible question. We also get emails from time to time saying thank you and how encouraging uh, the, the podcast has been to them, and they enjoy listening and we certainly uh, thank you for those. Also, if you would like to uh, support us, we pray for our supporters every day, uh, our listeners, and especially uh, for those who are persecuted. We are, uh, pray several times a day for the church that is persecuted around the world. We have a prayer list link as well on our webpage. If you're a prayer warrior and new to the podcast, I go there. Those people have made an effort to ask for prayers, and I know it does not change from week to week, but occasionally we do add, and somebody will email and say, please take me off. The prayer's been answered or whatever. So uh, please do that, and uh, make sure you follow us as well. We post uh, events from around the world that affect the church uh, and Christians alike that perhaps uh, you would be interested in as well. Like I said, we're going to try to answer questions from listeners today. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. That way you know uh, that we're speaking from God's Word and not just off the top of our head or making stuff up. And this first question comes from Kevin. And this question is, uh, is it true that all disciples met with a horrible death? Uh, thank you for listening, Kevin. I appreciate the question. Uh, this is not an uncommon question, actually. I've had it several times throughout the years. And so, I, I might have a little bit of a list here. The Bible does not necessarily talk about all of the deaths of the apostles. Only about six or so uh, can be factual from the Bible, uh, the rest are really tradition, and if you would ever want to, you can read the Fox Book of Martyrs, and he put together uh, the ways of the different apostles uh, were martyred. And I don't know how accurate it is. Uh, most people take uh, that book and say it's very historically correct, uh, but I'll be honest, I, I don't know if it is or is not. But we have, you can find a list of the apostles uh, if you would like to do that. I, I'm not going to read it all. Uh, but you can see 
uh, the list of them in, in the New Testament. And you can find that list in Matthew chapter 10 in the first five verses. Uh, Mark also lists them in his gospel account in chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 19. And Luke also has a list there in chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And so you can find that list there and, uh, and find out all their names. The list, really, John the Baptist uh, is really uh, the first prophet or forerunner of Jesus. He is the first martyr of the, of the New Testament. And he will be beheaded by, by King Herod. And you can read that account in Matthew chapter 14 in the first 12 verses. Uh, John's been in prison for some time. And uh, Herod, I think, has been entertained uh, by him several times, talks to him and whatnot. But then there's a big party. Uh, and his, uh, I guess, stepdaughter, uh, is what we would call her today, uh, does a very uh, erotic dance. And I know some people say, no, she didn't. But in the Greek, uh, you get this idea that Herod was aroused by uh, her dance and officer offers her up to half of his kingdom. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 6 says, But when his Herod's birthday came, the daughter of his wife danced before him, before them and pleased Herod so much that he promised her with an oath that he would give her whatever she asked. Uh, having been propped by her mother, uh, she said, Give me the head of the Baptist on a platter. Although he was grieved, the king commanded it because he had given his oath and because of his dinner guests. So there's a lot of political pressure apparently here. And so he has John beheaded in prison and his head. Uh, would be given to the girl on a silver platter. Platter, excuse me. And so he's really the first uh, martyr of of the New Testament. Uh, some people might say, well, he's not really an apostle, and he's right. He's a prophet. He's the forerunner of of Jesus. And then we have uh, Stephen, uh, who is also uh, in the Book of Acts. He is uh, executed. Acts chapter 6, uh, verses 3 through 7 says, Therefore, brethren, select from you among good seven men of reputation, full of spirit and wisdom, that we may put in the task. And you keep on reading down. And they found a man, and they chose Stephen, full of faith, full of, holy, of the Holy Spirit. And so here he is, he's picked. But he's going to be stoned to death over in Acts uh, chapter 7, toward the end uh, of that chapter, verse 54, and, and goes actually into uh, the next chapter, chapter 8. And so, uh, he is stoned to death. Okay, so those are people that uh, were martyred in the Bible. Uh, James, the brother of the Lord, uh, you can find him in Acts chapter 12. Uh, Acts chapter 15. He's a very prominent um, man in their church, in the early church. And uh, the tradition says that he was thrown down from the top of the wing of the temple and then stoned to death by 
by the Jews. In history, again, Josephus, uh, Fox Book of Martyrs, they kind of say this is really what brings Rome in in AD 70 and just puts an end to the violence there. Rome did, really does not like violence. They did not put up with uh, disrupting uh, the common good. They liked the peace and the quiet. And as long as you paid your taxes, life was probably pretty, pretty good for you. Uh, but that would never happen in Judea area and Israel there uh, just because of the false gods, idols that Rome would bring in. And that's a whole other story. But the apostles, uh, Simon called Peter or Cephas. Uh, again, the Bible doesn't say how he was uh, killed. But tradition says that Peter was crucified in Rome um, upside down. The uh, Andrew, an apostle, also tradition says that he was crucified in Greece. Uh, James, an apostle, the first par uh, apostle to die a martyr's death, was put to death with the sword by King Herod. And we can read about that in Acts uh, chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, in verses 1, uh, starting with verse 1. Now about that time Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church, in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death uh, with a sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And it was during the days of leavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him before the people. And so uh, there, there's a... There's, uh, a lot of things that go on here. Uh, John the Apostle, who wrote the, the Gospel account as well as uh, letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. Uh, tradition says that he died of old age in Ephesus, where he was buried. Uh, you, can, you can read some of that uh, about Augustine. He, he would write some of that kind of thing about John. Again, the Bible's pretty silent. Uh, the Philip, an apostle, legend says that he was martyred uh, by having his ankles and thighs pierced, and he was hung upside down. Uh, Thomas, an apostle, uh, tradition says in the, in the book called The Acts of Thomas, has him dying in India. Uh, Matthew, an apostle, uh, indicates that Matthew died a natural death. And so, again... I don't know how accurate some of these things are outside the Bible. That's just what tradition has said. Uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, uh, the, Bible, the biblical account of the last days of Paul, even combined with his own statements of his impeding death, he, Paul knows he's going uh, to die, and he is in Rome. And you can read that, Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 1 verses 8 through 12, and chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 22. Uh, early church history, again, seems to support this idea that Paul was beheaded in Rome. So, I, I hope this kind of answers that question. I uh, Again, there's so much tradition here, and the Bible really, for the most part, is pretty silent how most of these guys died. Uh, 
it would not surprise me that they all, except maybe uh, John, all died a, a violent death for, for their belief. And when we have teaching that goes on today in, in our world, especially in the United States, uh, it says, you know, you're really not saved, you're really not a Christian, uh, you can have your best life now, that you can have all these riches, prosperity, and health, and that's that's just really not a true gospel message. I, I hate to say that, but it's just really honestly not. Uh, Jesus makes it pretty clear. If you believe in him, you follow him, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have persecution. Uh, but Jesus also would say, uh, fear not, I've overcome the world. And so we need to, as Christians, understand that if we are really truly living the life that we're supposed to be, we should not be surprised that we are persecuted. People will make fun of us, they will mock us, and we should be able to stand out. Our light should shine before men. I know there's a common teaching right now, uh, even within some churches or congregations, uh, that as long as we do whatever we want in our, in our four walls, that's good. Uh, we should not offend others and tell them about Jesus. Well, that's hogwash. I'm sorry to say that. That just doesn't that just doesn't hold sand when we're supposed to go out, preach the good news, and baptize people, make disciples, and so on. The church, the only way the church is supposed to grow and do that is we are to deliver a message. So here's Jesus in John chapter 15. John chapter 15, starting with verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world loves its own, because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of the world because of this the world hates you. Remember the word I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you keep my word, and they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who has sent me. Okay, so here he is. He's talking to the apostles and saying, Hey, look, uh, they persecuted uh, me. They're going to put me to death. So don't think you're any better than me. Don't think that you're any greater than me. You will uh, be persecuted. And then the Apostle Peter himself would say in 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, starting with verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing. So at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory in God rests on you. Make sure that no one suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed. It is to glorify God in his name. So, again, here's uh, an apostle saying, look, don't be surprised, you're going to be persecuted. And so, this idea that 
it's all going to be uh, milk and honey. Well, that's just not the way it really, really is. Does that mean that God uh, will not provide? Well, that's no. He will always provide. He has always provided. I know in personal experience, uh, it didn't look very happy at the time. It looked pretty blim. I didn't seem to have much hope. And once we kind of got through those struggles and, and those persecutions and uh, for teaching the truth, the uh, God came through. His timing is always perfect. Uh, and, and I'll give you an example uh, where we were preaching and we were studying Romans chapter 1. And we read it, and somebody says, I don't agree with that, what you just said. Well, I, I just read the text. I had not even made a statement about it. And, of course, it had to do with homosexuality. And come to find out all their children were practicing such lifestyles. And they just did not want their children to be condemned, I guess. And, you know, I, I felt sorry for them. I, I understand, I guess, to a point why they might think that way. But God's Word is God's Word, and we have to stand by it. And it's not always easy. And so we, we need to, to know that. Okay, I hope that answers your question about persecution in the apostles. And, and I kind of added on a little bit more, I guess, about the persecution today. Because the church around the world as a whole is being persecuted, has been persecuted, and will be persecuted. I have read articles uh, recently in some Christian uh, magazines and literature and whatnot that more people are being persecuted for their faith in Christ today than, than the time of Rome. Now, I, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but you can go to the voice of the martyrs. Uh, they don't support us, and we don't financially support them, but they are an organization that uh, does put out there and makes it aware of the persecution that goes on uh, around the world. And so, uh, so does, uh, there's several other people that, that do that and then stand up for uh, your rights and they file motions in court and whatnot. And so persecution is a very real thing. It always will be a real, very real thing. It, it's hard when you're being persecuted uh, to give thanks and praise God for, for that. It, it is a struggle, but we, we are to take note of it and rejoice and thank God uh, for what we do have. Again, I rambled on probably too long with that question and answer, but I think it was important. Okay, the next question comes from Nancy. And her question is a common one around Easter time. Did Jesus really die? Did Jesus really die? Well, the short answer is yes. Uh, he really did die on a cross. And the New Testament really documents this uh, crucifixion very well. And so, uh, as they were coming here uh, in Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, uh, they found a man here to help him uh, carry the cross after Jesus has been condemned. Simon, I believe, was his name. And they crucified him. They divided up his garments. They cast lots. And they were sitting down, and again, they began to watch him there. You know, they're going to watch him die. These guys were professional executioners. 
and they had given been given an order by a pilot to crucify Jesus, and they're not going to let this this guy get away uh, and let him sneak out the back door or fake his death or whatever, because uh, this this would have caused them great pain and suffering and probably their own death. Rome had very uh, strict rules and laws they followed, and so. Luke chapter 23, verse 33 says, When they came to the place of the skull, there they crucified him, and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And John chapter 19, John chapter 19, verses 23 through 24, says the soldiers, therefore, they had crucified Jesus, and they took his outer garments and made four parts out of it so that every soldier could have a piece of it. Uh, then they found a seamless uh, one piece, and they tell each other, hey, let's not tear that. That's probably worth some money. So they divide it up by casting lots. And so uh, you see his mother uh, there at the foot of the cross as well. She's watching her son die. And so uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified. Okay, so uh, there, there seems to be some dispute, I guess, with some people. Did he really die what we call a cross, or did they nail him to a stake? Uh, look, I'm not going to get in all that. What is What is very important here is there was an atoning death. Now, whether he was nailed to a, a pole or a stake or the traditional cross as we know it today or we see it uh, revealed, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we will look at John 20, verse 25. Uh, we see that the, the word nails, it's plural. And so both of his hands were nailed. And so, again, did Jesus really die on the cross? Well, I guess, according to the gospel accounts, Jesus went through uh, six different trials before he was condemned on a cross. Three of those trials were for the Gentiles and three of those before the Jews. And so I think God did that for a reason. There is no excuse. Uh, both Gentile and Jew alike had an opportunity uh, to know who Jesus was, and they still had him killed. Uh, again, don't make a mistake that somebody else was crucified in Jesus' place. I know that is a common teaching. Uh, he swooned, uh, means he just passed out or from the loss of a lot of blood, but in the cool of the tomb, he was able to revive. I don't know how you can recover and revive in the tomb after this. Now, read with me very carefully. Again, if you have a Bible, please, please uh, open it and follow along. John chapter 19. John chapter 19, and starting with verse 31. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, 
and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and the other one who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And so, I don't know, you have a spear thrust into your side, into your lung. Uh, I don't know how you survive that. So, there is, these guys again, they were professional executioners. They knew a dead body when they saw it. And they would not have taken a live body off, off that cross and allowed a, a family member to take that body away. It just, it's just not logical. And so then they put him in a tomb that is empty because if there's another body in there and they, they claim that Jesus uh, rose from the dead, they're going to say, no, there's a, there's, there's a body in that tomb. What are you talking about? And so, again, they put him in a, in a new tomb where he is buried in the garden and they leave. They, they, they lock it up. They, they have the tomb sealed. They have soldiers guarding this thing because the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, excuse me, they knew that Jesus had said he would rise from the dead. And they're just out to prove him wrong in any way that they can. And here we go. The first day of the week, you know, there is an open tomb. And so, where's the body? And I'm sure that is a question Pilate asks. Where's the body? What happened? And I'm sure that's what the high priest and the Sanhedrin are asking. Where's the body? Of course, they're going to accuse the people of stealing it. And, you know, a dead body carrying that thing around, you would have got spotted. Okay, I I'm sorry. You're, you're, you are. Somebody's going to see that. And so, they wouldn't have put him in, in a tomb close by. I'm sure they did searches. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that. Again, I, I am just, I'm just trying to be logical here to a certain point here. That body is gone. So where is it? And the only real answer is, he's alive. He walked out of that tomb. He really died. He said he would die. He even told people that he was going to be crucified. And that's what happened. Uh, a spear's thrust into, into him. He, he's beaten terribly. Uh, I had read where sometimes the, they, the flogging that they would do was really considered an act of mercy, if you can believe that one or not, uh, because it, it, it sped up the process. It weakened that person, and they won't be able to, uh, to live as long on a cross because... Be honest about it, if you go read and study that, you can live a long time hanging on a cross. And that's why they want the legs broken, and they want the bodies taken down, and they know Pilate, okay? They know Pilate's not going to release live people, so they have to break the legs so these people cannot pull up with their, their wrist or their hands and to get air, to breathe. And so uh, that's the only way. It speeds up death uh, quickly. So... Again, Jesus really died. And he's alive and well. And I hope everybody uh, 
sees this point, I, I really thank you for, for listening. Uh, I, the question, I think, is a good question. It is a common question. And so I appreciate that you emailed and asked that. I hope that you had a great Easter. Again, we thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have a question that you would like answered, uh, please submit it through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com. All one word, all lowercase, and there is a contact page. And we will do our very best to find that answer and, and, and present it. Please tell your friends and family about us. Hit that like button, if you would, please. We get lots of likes, and I think some of the apps have five stars or whatever. I, we, we just thank God for that. And so, may God bless you, and may He have the glory. 